Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application for our lives. With that in mind... And I remember he said this, he said that, that God doesn't always want to take away your problems, he wants to walk with you through your problems. And you remember the old V8 commercials, bah, I should have had a V8, uh, the light bulb just went on, I was like, well, duh, well, duh, like, does it every, I never knew that. And it made so much sense to me, because I was always like, well, God, take away my problem, he didn't take it. And I was like, well, you must be weak, God, I don't really care about you. I wasn't anti-God as much as I just didn't even care about him, I was just, I was just indifferent to God. Pastor Jim shares his Acts 9 moment in today's message. We'll hear how God placed people in his life and how those people influenced his decision to follow Christ. God was chasing him, despite all of his efforts to run away. Regardless of how far we run from God, we are never too far from his reach. He will always pursue us. Pastor Jim experienced a life-changing and miraculous recovery at the edge of the ocean's water. I know his testimony will encourage you to be the salt of the world. Now let's open our Bibles and join Pastor Jim for part two of his message entitled, One Salty Day, The Day I Died and Came to Life. We'll have more information about the church and how you can get a copy of today's message. But for now, here's Pastor Jim. In 1988, one of my college friends got a job at a law firm in New York City. And they were having some problems with their delivery service, so they had me come in, and I ended up taking them on as a customer. I uh, ended up dating one of his co-workers that I met there, and this was not a Christian relationship by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, She was raised in a church similar to ours in many ways, and we'll talk about that in a second, but we did not have a Christian relationship. Now, if you're here today and you are a follower of Jesus Christ, and you're thinking, well, you know, here's the, some guy comes along or some girl comes along and maybe the only shot that I have of happiness and they're not a believer. Trust me, it's not a shot at happiness. It is a shot at misery, pain. And what I did to her was I pulled her away from her faith. She was not pulling me towards it. I was pulling her away. Well, one day we had a very, very serious conversation and, and she was quite distraught and she told me that she was a Christian. And she told me that she was going back to the church where her father uh, was an elder and that she just felt that that was the right thing to do. Well, of course, what did I say? Well, I'm a Christian too, right? Yeah, no problem. And so I said, I'll go with you. I'm like, what a good guy I am. No, no, I I was what you know as a wolf in sheep's clothing, pretending to be Mr. Nice Guy, and I wasn't at all. So in January of 1988, I visited their church with them for the first time. I had a really bad hangover the first time I was in church. And the name of the church was Calvary Baptist Church in New York City. I came to learn that it's quite a well-known church. And when I went in there, the first thing that really struck me was the diversity of the people. Because I remember thinking, I'm kind of a people watcher. 
And so you can put me in a park and I'll just, I'm fine. I'll just sit here and watch. I'm fine with that. And I noticed that there was people of different race and nationalities and it wasn't as integrated as things are right now. Some of the people looked very wealthy. Some of the people looked poor. Some of the people seemed to be very, very bright. Other people just seemed like they were either homeless or on the, on the verge of being homeless. And so the diversity seemed very, very odd to me. I was like, there's no reason why these people should hang out together. It doesn't make any sense to me. Well, that first day, the guest speaker was, is a very well-known pastor by the name of Dr. David Jeremiah, and he spoke about the advantages of adversity from the life of Joseph in the book of Genesis. And I remember he said this. He said that, that God doesn't always want to take away your problems. He wants to walk with you through your problems. And you remember the old V8 commercials? Bah, I should have had a V8. Uh, the light bulb just went on. I was like, well, duh. Well, duh, like, doesn't every, I never knew that. And it made so much sense to me because I was always like, well, God, take away my problem. He didn't take it. And I was like, well, you must be weak, God. I don't really care about you. I wasn't anti-God as much as I just didn't even care about him. I was just, I was just indifferent to God. So we walk out and, you know, the typical question, what do you think of the sermon? And her father came up to us and said, what do you think of the sermon? She was like, oh, it was okay. I guess she was figured, well, I heard all that before. And he said to me, how'd you like it? Which I always think is the funniest thing. We're not supposed to like it. We're supposed to either worship Jesus or repent. That's pretty, or both, right? And so he says to me, well, well, how'd you like it? And I said to him, it actually made a lot of sense. Well, he just lit up thinking, oh, I got a live one here. So he invited me to go back to church with him. And so I started going back to church with him, but not her. She was not really going. So we started going every other week for a while together. Now, let me just say something to you if that's you today. That is a very dangerous place. Very dangerous place. One foot in the world and one foot in the church. That's what the Bible refers to. I didn't know this at the time as being double-minded. So what did I do? Every other Sunday morning, I'm doing the religious scene. And what do you think I'm doing the rest of the time? Partying like I never did in my life. Because there was a war going on in my soul, and I didn't fully understand what was going on. Jesus was getting close. And please, let me save you a lot of heartache if that's you today. You will not win. You will not win. You'll either lose in this life or you'll lose in the next one. And it's a hard battle. And like a fool, I began to fight it. Well, in February and March of that year, 1988, they were in between pastors And what they have sometimes when they're in between is they have a guy that they call an interim. And there was a a delightful old man. Some of you who are a little older and Christians longer than me would remember him. His name was Dr. Robert A. Cook. And he used to have a radio show and he used to say, walk with the king today and be a blessing. And it was kind of like hearing grandpa preach. And then he would tell you he owned a Harley. And I think he was as old as Methuselah, to be honest with you. And he would tell the same goofy jokes every single week. My father called me boy because he couldn't remember my name. And just week after week after week. And he would always say at the end, hey, if, if you think that God's calling you and you want to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ, why don't you slip up your hand? And I'd watch around the room and, and certain people would slip up their hands. And, and then, you know, I'd see, you know, 10, 12 people slip up their hands. It was a large church. And then he would say, well, you know, one of the last song's playing or afterwards, why don't you come down and talk to one of the elders? And like nobody would go down, really, compared to the number of people who would raise their hand. Because we're so afraid of what? What everybody else thinks, right? 
Well, one Sunday, I'm sitting in the far corner of the balcony. Why? Because I know, not because I was late, because I know God's getting close. And I really don't want to have to deal with this Jesus guy, right? So I go there and I sit in the way far up corner. I'm as far away from Jesus and that Bible and that old funny man as I could possibly be. And he says, hey, if you'd like to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ today, why don't you, or hear no more about it, why don't you just slip up your hand so I can pray for you? And all of a sudden I hear, I see your hand way up there in the far corner of the balcony. And I look at my hand and it's up in the air. (laughs) And that song started to play. And I knew God was talking about me and God was talking to me. And that song started to play and I just leveled everybody in my row and I ran down those stairs and I ran down to the front of that thing and I stood there by myself. Well, I talked with one of the elders of the church and we prayed and he said, let's get together and let's talk next Sunday. And I was really excited. But I went back to my regular world and I partied and I partied and I partied. And that Saturday night, I probably should have died. And I woke up the next morning and church was long past. My meeting was long past. And I realized who I was and what I had become. And how life just had this grip on me. While on the outside I was everything that everybody said you needed to be but I was dying on the inside. And I got down next to my bed and all I could say was, I am so sorry, God. I am so sorry. That for me, if you're familiar with the Bible, was my Acts 9 moment when God just struck me down and I was in such despair I was so ashamed of who I had become. And if you know me, things typically bother me one day. Sometimes somebody says something, I get upset about it, and by Route 80, I'm fine with it. I just couldn't, couldn't kick this. So what do all my unbelieving friends tell me? You need a vacation. You've been working too hard. So I decided to take a vacation. I went to some travel agent and I saw these nice brochures for St. Thomas and the Virgin Islands, and I'm like, yeah, I'm going, I'm going there. I'm getting, away from, I'm getting away from this being messed up. I'm getting away from Jesus. I'm getting away from church people. I'm getting away from business. i got to sort out my brain. And I didn't even care about my business. I mean, I left my God. I was like going to have to deal without me for a little while. See, I was sorry, but I also knew that I was running from God. Is that you? Are you running from God? Is he chasing you down? I didn't want to change. I just didn't want to change. That's what it really came down to. I didn't want to change. I didn't want to trust in somebody other than myself. So the plane lands. Pilot says, the runway in St. Thomas is a little short. This plane's a little bigger than we normally fly in here. We missed the mountain by about three feet. (laughs) I get off the plane and this guy says to me come on I'll take you taxi cab rider and 
Very interesting, the ride there. He says, I know what you'll hear from, man. And he says, here's where you get the drugs, and here's where you get the women, and here's, I mean, everything. I had the itinerary for my lifestyle on one taxi cab ride. And we start to pull into the hotel, and what is there at this light? We're standing there, but there's this little church that says Calvary Baptist Church, the same name of the church that I went to in New York City. So I get to the hotel, I'm like, okay, calm down, calm down. I go out to the pool, now it's spring break, and I see a posse of young college chicks, I know what I'm looking for, and I see the posse of them by the pool, so I go plant myself over next to them, guy comes up to me, or a waitress comes up to me, says, can I get you a drink? And I said, absolutely, look at the girl next to me, and said, hey, can I buy you one as long as it's here? I got, my, I got some money, I'm here on break. And she goes, yeah, sure, why don't you buy me a drink? So the you know, whatever waiter, waiter, waitress, I don't remember what it was, comes back with the drink, and so I drink it there with that young girl, and her and her friends decide to go somewhere. She goes, let's hang out again. So I said, that's fine. And I finally say, okay, I'm going to sit back. So I sit back in an easy chair, and I'm overlooking the beautiful ocean, And you know what comes to my mind? Oh, man, Jesus is on vacation in St. Thomas, too. (laughs) That's all I could think of. I just couldn't get away from the the sense of his presence. I just didn't know what was happening to me. And I was afraid, but strangely comforted at the same time. Like, I didn't know what to do with it. That's why I'll say to some of you guys, if you want to begin a relationship with Jesus, we'll help you get going because it's weird. Right? It's just weird. You're anti-God, and then all of a sudden, he's in your life. So I figured, well, i got to just get busy. That's my thing. i got to get busy. So I go, and I rent a scooter, and I'm just going all around the outskirts of the island, and I'm just stopping at every scenic overlook, because uh, I had a little map with the scenic overlooks, and, and each time I stop, I look out over the ocean, I'm like, oh, gosh, he's here. He's here, too. He's following me around. So I wanted to stay busy, so I go to the concierge at the hotel, and I said, what can I do? I want to be busy. I want to do stuff. And, and he's like, um, shopping. We have great shopping in St. Thomas. Jewelry. I'm like, I don't, I don't even wear a watch, man. I wear jewelry. I don't, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't care about jewelry. And he says, well, you know what you should do? Get, you got a scooter? I said, yeah. He says, you know, drive over to the ferry and take the ferry over to St. John, it's an island right off the coast of St. Thomas. And, and he says, and you can go to Trunk Bay Beach. It's one of the 10 most beautiful beaches in the world. And if you Google that today, you'll still see that Trunk Bay Beach is considered one of the 10 most beautiful beaches in the world. So I said, well, how do I get there? So he breaks out the map and, and he draws the diagram for me all the way. And it's like one of these round things. Now, I'm a trucker. I'm like, I'm not going to waste time. I go, oh, I'll just take that road and that road and go straight through. He goes, you can't go that way. So I go, why? He goes, you white man. So anyway, the next day I wake up, and it's March 24th, 1988, 25 years ago today, and it was a beautiful day. Oh, not a cloud in the sky, a stunning, beautiful, warm day. I drove to the ferry exactly the way he said, and I got off the ferry, and I walked to Trunk Bay Beach. Now, let's all forget that we want to go on vacation now. So it wasn't crowded at the beach. And 
I went over to the corner. I wanted to be by myself because I didn't really understand what was going on. And I had a pocket New Testament. Again, I was a reader, and I thought, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the entire New Testament while I'm down here this week. So I started reading the Gospel of Matthew at the very beginning. I remember being struck by the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount. It was really, to me, I was like, wow. Mind you, I had no idea what any of it meant. Please don't think like, oh, I was Pastor Jim back then. I have no idea what it meant. But I began to read the words of Jesus out loud, something I still do to this day quite often. Words like Matthew 5, Jesus said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And I knew that I was none of those things. And while I had all the trappings of American society, I was empty on the inside in a lot of ways. Most of the day, I I kept reading. I would read. I would go for a swim in the ocean. I would go for a walk. I was under this tree most of the day, and I would just read, and I would stop, and I would think, and try to sort out what was going on. And I guess I, you could say I went from being intrigued to amazed to being terrified as I realized that something was going on inside of me, but something was coming from the outside of me that was going on on the inside of me. Really, as I read, I can honestly say that I, I began to hear the voice of God in my very own soul, and I didn't know what to make of it. And that could be you here today. I remember that. Please don't think it's so long ago. I forget. I I remember this day with clarity. I'm I'm looking down at my outline trying to remember all the steps of it so I don't rush to the point in time where I really want to tell you about today. But there's just so many different things going on. But I remember that feeling of sensing that God was talking to me. One of the times when I went out into the water, you know, you can see clear down, and I'm out about shoulder length, and I see this thing. Now, I'm from Long Island, so I'm thinking it's a horseshoe crab, but I go down, and it's this shell, and it's this beautiful shell, so I pick it up. It was about this big, about a foot and a half long, and I just absolutely gorgeous, so I take it up to the beach, and then I remembered that everywhere you went, they say, do not take shells and stuff out of the water, that it's against the law, only if it's washed up on the beach. Now... I have no idea what it's like to uh, obey the law. You know, I own my company at this point. How many of you heard of best practice principles in, in business? I had worse practice, right? You know, I had to go tell all the people after I became a Christian that I couldn't pay them off anymore. I had so many things that I had to fix and start paying taxes, and it was just so many things to do. But I sensed this voice say to me, put it back, put it back. And as I began to heave it out into the ocean, I couldn't believe I was doing it. I couldn't believe that I wasn't just doing what I thought was the right thing for me. Well, it started to get late. The last ferry was leaving in another hour or two. 
And uh, I had been reading all day, and I came to Jesus' teaching that we have here in front of us. And it's hard to explain what happened next. And it's very emotional for me. Look at Mark chapter 9, verse 42. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, that was me. I had already sought to ruin the faith of a young man that I worked with. I had already sought to ruin the faith with a young girl that I was dating. I had sought to ruin the faith of my brother and sister. I knew that was me. I'm not Mr. Bible guy at any point in time, but I know these things are so. I was out for myself. I didn't care what, how I ruined other people's lives. I just didn't care. Again, but whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for him, and I read it, it would be better for me if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. Now, remind you, I'm sitting in front of the sea. Then Jesus got really personal with me. Verse 43, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life maimed rather than having two hands to go to hell and into fire that shall never be quenched, where their worm does not die and their fire is not quenched. Now, I had no idea what the worm meant, but I knew I was one. Verse 45, and if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life lame than having two feet than to be cast into hell into the fire that shall never be quenched where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. And if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire where their worm does not die and their fire is not quenched. And time froze. I sat there. A worldly success. A good person in the eyes of the world. Someone who many fathers and mothers was telling their daughters what a good catch I was. And I knew I was going to hell. I knew it. I realized it was not being good by the world's standards. It wasn't being good by my standards. It was about being a sinner by God's standards. And I sat there on that beach, totally guilty before God. In that moment, my eternal destiny, something I had completely ignored for my whole life, just assuming, hey, I'm good, I'm going to heaven, what's the big deal? My eternal destiny was staring me right in the face. Then verse 49. For everyone will be seasoned with fire and every sacrifice will be seasoned with salt. I had no idea what that meant. And to be honest with you, neither do most Bible scholars. It's one of the toughest verses in the Gospels. And then verse 50, which is also considered one of the toughest verses, poorly understood by me, 
jumped off the page at me. Jesus says, salt is good. Now, I'm sitting there in front of the ocean. I'm thinking like, yeah, salt, it's good. I'm enjoying the salt there. It's good. But realize, I know I'm going to hell. Salt is good. And I began to think, yeah, but am I good? And then he says this. But if salt loses its flavor, I'm stopping at every couple words. God, do I have no flavor in your eyes? Am I, am I, am I nothing in your eyes? Well, that concludes the teaching portion of today's broadcast of Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. Join us next time as Pastor Jim continues teaching through the Gospel of Mark. You can learn more about Changed by Love and Pastor Jim by visiting our website. The web address is changedbyloveradio.com. Again, the web address is www.changedbyloveradio.com. Changed by Love exists because of the generous donations of our listeners, and we would like to ask all our listeners who have never written us to prayerfully consider writing us today and let us know you are listening to the broadcast. In fact, many of our letters are read to our congregation to encourage them in this ministry. You can write us at Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. Once again, that's Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. You can also give us a call for more information, request resources, or for prayer at 973-659-3380. Once again, that's 973-659-3380. You can also send us an email at info at changedbyloveradio.com. Once again, that's info at changedbyloveradio.com. If you are in the Morris County, New Jersey area, we would love to have you visit us. We are located in the center of Morris County on Route 15 South. That's all for today. Until next time, God bless you and our prayer is that you too would be changed by love.